we're going to continue uh, our worship this morning um, to focus ourselves uh, in the text and uh, in, in the gospel, uh, uh, the gospel of John this morning. And we're going to have our gospel reading. It'll come up on your screens uh, right now. You'll be able to follow along. We're in John chapter 20, <clears throat> verse 11 to 17. Um, and this is Jesus' <clears throat> appearance to Mary Magdalene, verse 11. We're going to begin now. Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, let tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them, that she had said, that he had said these things to her. Uh, and may God add a, a blessing to the hearing of, of the word. This week we're going to continue to look at encounters with the, the risen Jesus. Um, and we're, we're invited to stand in the shoes of Mary Magdalene. Something remarkable has happened. The gospel of Mark, we've been in John this morning, but last week, the gospel of Mark, we were told of the women attending to the grave of their friend Jesus, and they'd done it to anoint his body, to perform the appropriate rituals upon his death, and to honor him as he was laid to rest. And yet they arrive at the tomb and discover it empty, Jesus' body gone. And you'll remember that we spoke of the dramatic and unexpected way in which the gospel of Mark ends. It doesn't end with the women celebrating and rejoicing, much like we do at Easter. But this description at the end of Mark of the women was that they were trembling and bewildered. Mark tells us that they, quote, fled the tomb they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. And we spoke of how this uh, gospel of Mark and the ending, it speaks to this truth that gets lost in the celebration that Easter is a frightening prospect. It's a hopeful prospect, but it is a frightening prospect for the women. The only thing more terrifying than a world with Jesus dead was one with him alive. What had they seen? Could it be true that Jesus was alive? 
Let's remember what has happened. Jesus was crucified and, and violently shamed and put to death publicly on a cross with criminals. And so for the disciples and for Mary Magdalene, whose shoes we're getting into in a moment, just in John, she'd been following Jesus for these three years and all the moments and the miracles, the parables, the friendship and the hope that this Jesus, their friend, was actually the Messiah, the one that had come to save them from the Roman Empire and deliver them. And God's Messiah had visited and come. That was the great hope. All of this had been destroyed. All of this hope had been evaporated in Jesus' execution on the cross. And having been laid in the tomb, in the grave, here... We have the disciples discovering that the body had gone, that there was an empty tomb. What has happened? And it's at this moment in the story that we find ourselves this morning, our encounter with the risen Jesus. This is the encounter that we're going to meditate on this morning with Mary Magdalene, who is alone in the garden with her thoughts. She'd heard rumors of this resurrection. She'd heard rumors of an empty tomb. She'd raced to the tomb. And now she's standing, weeping, fear, trembling, grief, bewilderment. And it's into this moment that she then hears these words from who she assumes to be the gardener, the words, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she says. And it's at this point that she turns and she realizes that this gardener is actually Jesus himself. At that very moment, Jesus said to her, Mary. Her eyes were opened she saw that the gardener was not, in fact, the gardener, but the gardener was, in fact, Jesus, her friend, standing right in front of her in this garden. And I think it's a beautiful meditation, I suppose, reflection to consider that the first person to see Jesus alive following his resurrection saw him through tears. Tears that had been companions, I suppose you could say, present with Mary through the horror of Good Friday. Tears that were present, tears of grief and disappointment that were with Mary through the, the sheer absent, uncertain, holy Saturday. And tears that are with her here on this Easter Sunday morning, Tears of bewilderment, fear, grief, that not only has Jesus been executed, but that his body now has been stolen or disappeared or what has happened? Or is he alive? And the unthinkable, the unbelievable presents itself to her with these words, women, why are you crying? And then speaking her name, Jesus says, Mary. 
and hear, as I say, the unthinkable, the unbelievable, her friend, her Lord, her Rabboni, her master, her teacher, as she addresses him, is right before her in the garden. Here is an encounter with the risen Christ. And it's remarkable to me that that this encounter with the risen Christ, that the risen Christ, that Jesus does not come in some pomp or ceremony, but in this incredibly intimate, personal encounter where Jesus speaks Mary's name. Sometimes resurrection can feel big and dramatic, new beginnings. Sometimes it just simply presents itself as grace in the eyes of a loving and living Jesus who simply speaks our name and says, why are you crying? His words and presence, his words and presence to Mary are the words and presence to us today, maybe to you this morning. And they speak to us, communicate to us, not to deny the death of a Good Friday, the horror of a Good Friday, or the silence or the absence or the disappointment or the grief of the Holy Saturday, or the sheer bewilderment of this early Sunday morning, where has he gone? But Jesus' words to us brought through tears in the midst of despair or disappointment communicate to us that he is here, that he is present, that he is with us. The risen Jesus doesn't ask Mary to deny her Good Friday experience or her Holy Saturday experience. He is aware of what she has lived through and and yet the love of Christ, the presence of Christ to her as he appears to her in the garden is remarkable. His presence his, his beauty, his, the hope of this redemption, all of this is available for us today too. He is present to us, even in the midst of grief, even in the midst of uncertainty or bewilderment, no matter where we find ourselves today, whether we are alone with our thoughts, whether we have folk around us, whether the the future seems uncertain. Jesus speaks our name today. He speaks your name today. He is present to us. There is a beautiful truth found right here in this encounter that Christ and all that he has come to accomplish and do is the Christ that is so intimate to us, present with us that we can have relationship with this living Christ. It's a truth that I hold on to today, that we continue to be invited into relationship with Jesus and his love and his grace and compassion. The resurrection life that he brings often comes to us in the most intimate and quiet ways. His voice full of care his voice of compassion, his voice of love for, for you. 
and he doesn't deny, he doesn't invite, ask us to deny reality or disappointment or grief or whatever might be going on in our lives. He doesn't ask us to put that to one side or deny that, but he simply is just present with us right in it. And in fact, he is indeed inviting us to move beyond it, of course, into a new world, a world of redemption, a world where he is going to walk with us. This hope, this Jesus in the garden is available for us today. Have you seen Christ? Have you seen Christ with your own eyes? Have you seen his present attentiveness to you? He is not here, for he has risen. Come and see the place where he lay. Have you seen the beauty of Christ? Does your heart rise in affection as we bless and sing the name of Jesus this morning? Have you known Jesus? Have you experienced the love, the unrelenting love of Christ? Is that what you need to be reminded of this morning, that, that Jesus, full of care and compassion, speaks your name and communicates to you, reminds you again that he is with you right there, no matter where you are today, no matter what's going on in your life today, he is the intimate and present Lord, Savior, Master of our lives. This is a love that Jesus communicates to Mary in that moment, a love that, 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 that she belongs, that she's not forgotten. He doesn't crack on with his project of launching the church, his disciples, into the world to remake the world again through this new way of love that he's instituted. But he, he doesn't jump to that project and forget the individual, forget Mary. And so this encounter reminds us this morning that Jesus does not forget us. He doesn't forget us. He doesn't, that we matter, each of us, that we belong, that we, he cares about us. Even in the first moments of his resurrection, on his mind is to attend to, to be present to his friend Mary. And it reminds us this morning that, in fact, yes, we belong. We, we matter <laughs> to him. And in fact, that he <clears throat> wants to come and ask that question, why are you crying? He wants to bring healing and hope and restoration. He wants to bring redemption to our story. He does not want to leave us there where he finds us, but bring us into this abundant life. I love the gardener motif in this story, the fact that Mary confuses Jesus for the gardener. Because if you look closer and you meditate upon the whole of Scripture, you, you realize that this is a beautiful reversal where in the first garden, God walked like the gardener with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening. And yet that story didn't end well. And here we have the story of the second creation, the new creation, the recreation, where Christ rises from the grave and again walks with Mary in the garden. But not in the cool of the evening, <clears throat> but in the dawn of the morning. <clears throat> and a new world has been birthed. <clears throat> Excuse me. I love this quote by G.K. Chesterton. 
And he says this, on the third day, the friends of Christ coming at daybreak to the place found the grave empty and the stone rolled away. In varying ways, they realized the new wonder that the world had died in the night. What they were looking at was the first day of a new creation with a new heaven and a new earth and in a semblance of a gardener God walked again in the garden, not in the cool of the evening, but in the dawn. This is the Jesus that is present to us as, as the gardener God, and he is present to us in the dawning of a new world, the dawn of the new world that he brought through his resurrection, and he is present to us, restoring relationship between human and divine, and speaking our name in this new world that he is making. Mary's name was, the, was a name spoken in this new reality. She did not realize this new reality had dawned. But Jesus, in fact, walking up to her and with her in this garden, speaks her name into this new creation. And so this reminds us this morning that we have hope despite our fears our tears, our despair, our disappointments, our doubts, no matter where we find ourselves, what part of our story we find ourselves, we have hope because Jesus, the gardener God, walks up to us and with us in the garden at the dawn of a new day. The hope of a world being made new, and that means our world being made new, our future, hope for a new future for this world, but hope for our future individually. Jesus is so interested in our lives. Death is not the final word, but life comes and is present in the gardener, Jesus, as he speaks our name. And he names us, as I say, in the midst of this new world, and he's present to us. Even in and through our tears, we can hear his voice, see his face, that he is with us and present to us. Mary hearing this, experiencing this, hearing his voice, being with Christ, then runs to the disciples with this news. I have seen the Lord, it says at the end of John 20. I have seen the Lord. And I guess this morning, we can, in fact, ask Jesus to speak to us, to say our name, to show his face to us, that we might be able to declare that we've seen the Lord, we've seen Jesus, we've seen his beauty in our lives. We've seen his presence and experienced his presence in the midst of our fears and tears. So I hope that this morning we can say and allow Christ to walk with us, no matter where we're at in our journey and in our story, that he will be walking with us and present to us. I hope that we can let new creation start in us, that this new future that has dawned would in fact dawn in our hearts, that we would realize that there is a new day. We'd realize that we are alive and breathing, that there is hope and there is a good future. I trust that someone this morning listening to this, hearing this, is encouraged to know 
that there is a hope and a good future ahead in this new world that Christ has inaugurated. Let us, Redeemer, take up the invitation to step into this reality, the inbreaking of a good new future for us. I want to finish with this beautiful quote. I'm going to invite John and Caitlin up, and we're going to sing uh, an old hymn before we uh, enter into communion uh, and celebrate Jesus and his grace. I want to read this quote from St. John. And it says, Let no one mourn that he has fallen again and again, for forgiveness has risen from the grave. Let no one fear death, for the death of our Savior has set us free. Beautiful words that we are free in Christ this morning. As he speaks our name and makes himself present and attentive to us, we experience this great invitation into freedom, into a new world that has dawned right before our eyes. Let's sing and worship Jesus. Let's stand amazed in the presence of Jesus this morning as we just take in this hope this morning. Let our bones and our lungs be filled with hope this morning in Christ.